0: The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry with Joe McGill.
1: Good morning, good morning. How are you this morning? I'm Joe McGill and you're listening to the Saturday Supplement and I hope I find you well wherever you are listening to us around the world on RadioCarry.e, the Radio Kerry app, or on the traditional wireless 96 to 98 FM. It's a bit of a windy one this morning, a bit rainy, a bit wet, but it's not too bad. It's not too bad. A lot of surface water on the roads, alright, so take care if you are out there. Um, hello to Maure Jones. I visited her yesterday. I had to do the least round doorstep step challenge which was great crack and that's still going at the moment so if you want to enter for a chance uh, to win the hamper and also to be in for the draw for a thousand euro you can go to Radio Kerry.ie forward slash Lee Strand Where Morrie Jones lives in a beautiful part of the world letter just outside Carseveen looking out of Valencia Island um, over towards Port McGee and the Kerry Cliffs and on a fine day I'd say you'd see the Blaskets um, as well and we were welcomed in there and congratulations uh more aid for winning uh that hamper speaky congratulations congratulations to david clifford who is now player of the year again back to back the last person to do that now it was called another name at the time the texco awards i think or uh, yeah texco isn't it yeah uh, was jack o'shea and he did that twice he got two back-to-backs and uh, there's no denying that David Clifford uh, w- would could possibly do that as well. His fifth All-Ireland, isn't it? And I was looking at the the role of honour of um, All-Irelands and he's not far off um, some um, Kerry legends there, he's already uh, a legend himself and also congratulations to his brother, Paddy Clifford who got an all-star, Sean O'Shea and um, Tom O'Sullivan um, as well uh, got um, all stars. So they got four. Kerry got four. Uh, Dublin got five, I think. I think Derry got um, the same as Kerry, four as well. Um, so congratulations um, to all involved. And David gave a very good um, interview afterward. Uh, Joanne Cantwell. Um, as well. Um, special requests there. I have this on my desk when I arrived this morning. I would like to have a request played on the Joe McGill Show in the morning for Thomas and Fia Wharton from the Glen Bannon who are one years of age today. From Nana and Dadoo I've heard of Dadoo Dadu is a new one to me. That's a nice uh, name to be called. Um, in Bally Desmond. So there you are. Now, very busy programme, as always, on the Saturday supplement. 70 years on from the evacuation of the last remaining residents of the Blasket Islanders. We'll go back in time to that day. And uh, if you were listening to the news yesterday, there was um, a lovely interview with the youngest person and the last person um, to leave, um, the last remaining resident of the Blaskets. He's, um, he was on the news yesterday. It was very interesting to hear his voice. And we'll actually go back in time to that time where he was a child. And the first ever Skellig Coast Archaeology Festival is taking place along the Skellig coast and I will talk to those involved. Bernadette Nereida will be speaking of poetry and Bernadette Nereida had a royal visit to America and she spent a bit of time there and she's going to tell us all about that as well so I'm looking forward to hearing about that and uh, we will be talking about this year's West Kerry Tractor Run and the charities involved in that. If you want to get in touch with the programme 066 712 six. you can tap Text or WhatsApp 083 300 3300. Let me know how you are doing this morning, and I hope you'll stay with me for the next two hours. My thanks to Abigail Bernard, who was on before me. There, beautiful program as always, waking you up in the kingdom. So this month, Sunday, November 26th, the fifth running of West Carry, the West Carry Tractor Run, will take place. From their first one in 2017 to date, it has raised over eighty thousand euro for the Irish Lung Fibrosis Association and a number of local charities. This year again they're raising for the ILFA and palliative care and I'm delighted to say one of the organisers is on the phone to talk to me now, John Patrick O'Sullivan How are you doing John Patrick? Very well, Joe, and thank you very much for having me this morning. Um, so, we uh, we kind of talked to you, I suppose, we have spoken to you over the last few years, and this is a great um, initiative, and it's a huge uh, undertaking. Um, tell us why you got involved in something like this, first of all. Just tell us your own story, remind people.
2: Well, I suppose, very brief, briefly enough, I suppose, Joe, um, I have had a lung transplant. I got a lung transplant in 2016. And, um, from, from there on, I, I felt, uh, thankfully I'm, I'm doing quite well. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I felt from the very beginning that I needed to give something back. I was so grateful to be kept alive as this And, um, so that's what I decided to do. I, the Irish, Lung Fibrosis Association have been a fantastic, uh, uh support and, um, And, of course, we raise money for... um, We're depending completely on public donations, and we raise money for um, uh, supporting and educating uh, people with the the condition and for um, helping out with with, uh, finding out the best way to go ahead in the future with um,
1: uh, research and all the rest of it, you know? yeah and uh, d- so that's one organisation and we should mention the other one you're going to be raising for because you, you raise for different charities Gardienville was one there yeah. I remember um, Seamus uh, Devan uh, a great character was in to tell us about that how's Seamus getting on? Se- Seamus is doing very well uh, <laughs> uh, he couldn't come on this morning uh, he's a bit of problem with his hearing but Health-wise, health he's very good indeed. He's, pro- he's probably out fixing the tractor, getting ready for the, the tr- tractor run. So, tell us about the other charity that's. Tell us about the other charity that's involved, John Patrick.
2: The other charity then is palliative care because one of our uh, committee members, unfortunately, has been stuck with a serious illness mm. and has been using uh, palliative care uh, to. To, to, to live with the, the, the condition I suppose mm-hmm. and um, so when I met him, Amaran, name. and when I met him he said we'll we raise money for palliative care and uh, we raise a bit of awareness of what palliative care is about it's mm-hmm. not it's not actually about end of life as people think it is it, it's now you're living with uh, they teach you how to live with your very serious illness yeah. and you go in there for respite and you go in there for uh, support and, and all this kind of thing and he's done it a number of times and he's, he's doing very well and um, so yeah it's it's um, he's one of our one and he's been involved with this from the very beginning and he's looked at the vintage section of the tractor run, you know mm-hmm. and so this John Griffin and he's uh, doing excellent HR, of course and uh, so yeah that's, that's that's why we're doing it and of course it's a great they're a great organization over it's a fantastic uh, uh, it's a fantastic ministry they have and they're, they're hoping to expand uh, I think by five five more five rooms, uh, rooms yeah, I think. yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and uh, that depends a lot on public donations as well you see and, and they are getting tremendous support as the public always do yeah. To, to all our charities and, and uh, it's no different to the worst because in fact, from the beginning that have been incredibly and they do have this to Consumers, what they can, in, and these are tough times, as you
1: know. And yeah. you know, living and everything, you know? Yeah, and they, you should be commended because, like, um, the palliative care unit, UHK, um, it is much more than bricks and mortar. Like, it's just everyone speaks so glowingly about it. And I'm glad you made the distinction there as well because oftentimes people think it, that it's just end of life, but it's so much um, more than that. So, tell us about the actual um, tractor run, then, the details of that.
2: But the details are, are something similar uh, as the other year. It's, we're taking, uh, congregating at 11 o'clock on Sunday the 26th at the steel Sanctuary in the school. And all the sacrifices, know what that is. And you'll just, they'll just with um refreshments of tea and coffees and scones and biscuits, whatever they want, in that line. And... Uh, and they will be, and they will register there between eleven and twelve, you know. And uh, we they will get a complimentary uh, meal ticket as well for the marina inn. From the finish up supplied by the cabinet family of the marina inn, who've been, with us from the very beginning as well. And I'd like to thank uh, Tom, 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 and his staff and his family for. Tremendous sport I give us all the way along. And I'd like to thank John Justin, of course, as well as for, for the, uh, uh, to uh, where we would be taken off from the seed sanctuary. He's the play, he, he's uh, opened up the place for us and um, couldn't be more helpful. So I'd like to thank John as well and the Justin family for, for coming behind us from the very, from again, from the very beginning. Mm. And they solve
1: it. Yeah, and if people want to get involved, uh, what should they do, John Patrick? If they want to register a tractor, is it yeah. you show up on the day or or, or what?
2: show on the day and register uh, at the door, they know where it is. Um, uh, registration there will be taken and they get their complimentary music and they can go in and have a cup of coffee and a cup of tea or whatever. And wheel around and um, have a bit of a chat before we take off at 12 and head in
1: towards Ding Wow, that'll be some sight, I'd say, because I know um, Mihala Amor- Moran, he is a, a Davy Brown, is it? So there'll be there'll be spectacular he's variations of Brown, tractors.
2: Yeah, he's a David Brown man, yes. And uh, I'm different there, the other man. He is a, a small, I think, a 135 in a true That was with a small uh, Ferguson, I think. A 35? A, a small grey Ferguson,
1: yeah. You would know more about him than I would, Joe. You know? <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> pretend to be an expert, but I, I have family members that are that are into the, the that kind of thing. Yeah, you were we were well able to talk to Seamus about it. At the time, of the last time, <laughs> he was nearly going to take me on. I'd say cutting silage. <laughs> um, bev- before we finish up, John Patrick, you mentioned it there about your own kind of um, situation, but the importance of a donor card again. I think we should always remind people of that. Yes, that's very important too.
2: But but hopefully uh, in the new year, uh, we will the introduction of the human tissue bill will 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 happen. It's a long long uh, slog, and it's the people at the top of the ILSA that have been at for the last fourteen years trying to get the uh, uh, the, the human tissue bill passed uh, in, into law. Uh, and that means instead of Instead of carrying the card, well, for Jewish, you can still carry the card, of course. Yeah. But uh, you'll become a lot of massive donor when you're born, and you have to opt S- out. Opt out, know. yeah. So it's opt and, out rather than opt in, yeah. Right.
1: Yes.
2: And uh, I mean, opt out for oh, whatever reasons. There could be religious reasons, there could be yeah. personal reasons, there could be. You know, I'm not able Yeah. find reasons to be Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: yeah. 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 yeah well very good yeah so hopefully in the new year and uh, if we hear more news yeah. of that uh, we'll, we'll have you back on again because yeah. I think it's important um, so it's uh, this month it's Sunday November 26th and uh, right. um, best of luck with it John Patrick and uh, well done to all involved and I hope you raise loads of money for those two very worthy charities
2: you know, it's a be opinion. Our people
1: who do their best as they always do, sure. Yes, yeah. That's John Patrick O'Sullivan there, and uh, happy driving as well to all those that are taking part in it. Won't it be some sight around West Kerry, the West Kerry uh, Tractor Run? And speaking of West Kerry, after the break, we'll be going back in time to November 17th. So that's 70 years yesterday, 1953, the 22 remaining people living on the Blaskets left.
0: The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry Brought you in association with Virgin Media Turning this Black Friday red In the Virgin Media Playhouse of Offers See virginmedia.ie for more details
1: That's what you listened
0: to And I hope you're enjoying the programme so far
1: 066712 six For your calls You can text the WhatsApp 083300 3300 Now yesterday marked the 70th anniversary Of the evacuation of the last remaining residents Of the Blasket Islanders On November 17, 1953, the 22 remaining people living on the island's left. Taoiseach Eamon de Valera ordered the evacuation as communications and assistance from the mainland had become more difficult, particularly in bad weather. Now we have a live from the past episode from that day, so have a listen to this. This documentary was produced by Connie Broderick and Joe McGill. It was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.
0: Joe McGill reports live from the past.
1: Well, as you know, the Blasket Islands are a group of six Atlantic islands off the coast of Kerry. The islands were inhabited for centuries by a small but close-knit Irish-speaking population who followed a traditional way of life involving farming, fishing and weaving. Today I'm here on the Great Blasket, where the much-talked-about evacuation ordered by Antishek Eamon de Valera is taking place. This turn of events has been largely accepted as a necessity. The Blasket Islanders, which by now a population of only 22, are cut off from communication or any emergency assistance from the mainland and facing increasingly extreme weather patterns. I'm joined now by an officer from the Irish Land Commission who is present for the evacuation and
3: his name is Dan O'Brien. Can you tell me what's going on here today? Well Joe, the islanders are all ready to depart. All household furniture is packed. They realise now there's no future for them on the Blasket. And I can confirm they've signed all the necessary forms uh, just to let you know, uh, Joe, that they can return to the island in good weather to look after their sheep. So you're evacuating the entire 22 today and their belongings? Yes, uh, we have arranged for this community of 22 people and their furniture to be transferred over the sound to four newly built cottages at Dunquin, with three acres of arable land attached. Now the remaining residents from the families by the names of Dunleavy and O'Sullivan, Gieheen and Keane are to be moved to new homes, which are cottages at Dunquin. The sea is quite rough and it brings into sharp focus the conditions islanders have had to contend with. Are you worried about crossing today? Well, as you can see, the islanders are waiting on the shore with their furniture and belongings, but the waves are so dangerous now, I feel that they'll have to leave everything except for uh, small essentials. Well, I better let you get on with it, Dan, and thanks for talking to me. You're welcome, Joe. Hey, you there, grab that
1: rope. Come on now, look lively. Over the years, the inhabitants have become the subjects of important linguistic studies for their use of a largely unchanged version of the Irish language. At its peak, Great Basket Island had only some 175 residents, but their cultural output was immense, including important Irish language works such as The Islander by Thomas O'Crohan, 20 Years of Growing by Morris O'Sullivan and Peg by Peg Sayers. Just a moment, I can see one of the Islanders coming past me here, so I'll see, can I get a few words with him? Excuse me, sorry, um,
4: can I get a quick word? Yes, you can. But I'm sorry about my English. I'd be more used to speaking as Gelga. That's no problem at all. Thank you for speaking with me. Uh, this evacuation is a long time coming. Ah, it is, God knows. The situation really came to a head in April 1947, when the island was battered by such a terrible storm that we sent a telegram to Taoiseach and de Valera, pleading for help. The message read, storm-bound, distressed, sin food, nothing to eat. A few months later, de Valera visited and spoke to us. And within a few years, we were where we are now, where the island is being completely evacuated. Look, island life was obviously tough, but will you miss it? I suppose I will, and I won't. Life has been hard here, man. You know, for Sunday Mass, we rode three miles across open sea to the village of Dungeen, on the mainland. But saying that, it's the most beautiful place on earth. And the best thing about it is the people. We have no court, no doctor, no nurse, and no priest. We don't need a either, because we have the best community you could imagine.
1: Thank you for talking to me, and we wish you the best of luck in the future. Now, these evacuations have been taking place over the last few weeks and months, and earlier I spoke to a young boy who made global headlines as the only child on the Blaskets. Garodo Kahan was evacuated with his family on September 5th of this year, and I spoke with him at his new home in Dooncain. Now, Gerard, in 1948, newspapers dubbed you the loneliest boy in the world as you were the sole child living on the Blaskets. But it made you famous, didn't it? Tell us what happened.
5: Well, I got loads of presents, like ties, clothes and books too. Some people even wanted to help me. There was an American cowboy who wanted to adopt me. And another family in America wanted to give my parents jobs and to bring me up.
1: Well, I'm glad to say your parents didn't take those offers, but tell me, were you lonely on the island?
5: No, I loved living on the island. I miss it every day. I was always helping the adults, like catching rabbits, fishing and collecting turf from the bog. Oh, and sailing too, so I was never lonely.
1: And how are you taking to life on the mainland?
5: It was strange because I didn't know anyone and I always spent time with adults, not children. But I like it now. I have lots of friends my age and I'm playing football and music, so I love it.
1: Well, back here on the Great Blasket, the boats are leaving with the last of the Islanders. All that is left behind now are the sheep and remaining wildlife. The houses that were once filled with merriment and music now fall silent against the backdrop of the thundering Atlantic Ocean. It remains to be seen, will people come back here again? Only time will tell. This is Joe McGill reporting live from the past on The Great Blasket, November 17th, 1953. Yeah, 70 years ago yesterday, the evacuation of the last remaining residents on the the Blasket Islands. And uh, John Fraher was an actor there and also young Adam Broderick as well did a great job. And he played the role of or O'Cahan. Uh, and Gerold, um was um, on the news yesterday. You would have heard him talking about um, life on the island. He's um, still alive, and uh, it was amazing to hear him. So there, that's a blast from the past for E. Now, after the break, we're going to be talking about the first ever Skellig Coast Archaeology Festival.
0: The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry Brought to you in association with Virgin Media Turning this Black Friday red In the Virgin Media Playhouse of Offers See virginmedia.ie for more detail
1: 66 712 six For your calls You can text the WhatsApp 083-300-3300 um, Just to get to one or two of your messages before I go on um, Good morning, Joe, enjoying the programme It's a blustery morning here in my part of Lislockton Looking out at the beer Tree the leaves are all on the ground now and that is Catherine Ahern in Ballylongford and that is for sure we're into the winter now but there's something nice and cosy too about the winter isn't there best of luck to the Flesk Rambling House tonight in memory of the late Dan Farvier and uh, Johnny O'Brien God rest them both so best of luck um, with that now the first ever Skellig Coast Archaeology Festival is taking place along the Skellig Coast in Castle Cove Car daniel Waterville and Port McGee over three days this weekend and it started yesterday. At the various events will highlight the diversity and the part importance of the fascinating archaeological sites along the Skelly Coast for experts and non experts in English and Os The theme for this inaugural festival is the transition from the Stone Age to the Bronze Age. The festival is being spearheaded by Evan Lam, local archaeologist behind Rock Art Kerry and tourism officer with the Cochis de Eve Ráthigh. And she joins me now. Evan, you're very welcome. How are you this morning? Uh,
6: Good morning, Joe. Um, Very well. I'm relieved to see that it's a soft... Hey, Thank God
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what we like to hear Come here to me, where did this idea for the first ever um, Skellig Coast Archaeology Festival come from?
6: Uh, uh, exactly a year ago um, I was working for the live project with UCC and they sent me to an archaeology festival in Wales and when I was there like the thing that struck me more even than the archaeology was that everyone was speaking Welsh and I never in my life felt so embarrassed or ashamed that you know, I couldn't speak Irish, you know. So, like, everybody was, like, conversing in Welsh as their first language. So from that I said, OK, two things. <laughs> I'm going to get my Irish up to speed and I'm going to have an archaeology festival. And then I came home and uh, I think a week later I saw an ad for a Real talk tourist officer and I applied for it. So the timing was incredible. Mm.
1: And for archaeologists, um, what is the area of So Kerry like? Is it, a, is it a rich area for archaeology?
6: It's um, uh, you know it's like heaven or a playground or a Disney World. Mm. It's unreal. I can you can absolutely like one. There's great archaeology and an awful lot of archaeology that, that's recorded and you can 100% go out and discover archaeology in Kerry like any day I could go out every single day choose somewhere in a map and I know that there's more to find because the county is so huge and you could never explore it all so it makes it infinitely exciting
1: Yeah. So tell us about this weekend what are the highlights? I know you have a lot of experts um, down for the weekend as well which is absolutely um, brilliant so tell us about um, the different things that are going on
6: So I suppose, like say, we have so much archaeology here, but but some of what we have is like unique. You can't you can't go to Cork or Donegal or Dublin or anything to get certain things that we have. So where we really stand out is that we've got uh, like um Bronze Age copper mines, and they're from the earliest bit of the Bronze Age. And there are ways you can tell this even without being an archaeologist, and uh, we explain that when we bring people to the mines. There's a fire-setting technique, and it was used to extract the copper. And then, simultaneously, we have rock carvings. They're kind of date from the Stone Age to the Bronze Age, and they're uh, incredible. Like some of them, like they're much better than like than the world at Newgrange, and we hardly know about them. So, really, like I'm a rock art specialist. Like I really want to highlight their existence to people. Mm. And, like, and um, we look at everything. So. The copper mines and the rock art may be related. They may be made by the same people or, you know, influx of people from Spain. And we're going to the forests forest as well because um, that's something that tells us about conditions from the transition from the Stone Age to the Bronze Age, like water levels were rising and things were changing. So people, you know, there was a lot of big change happening in people's lives as well in every way.
1: Yeah, um, I was reading there um, it includes experts from across Ireland including archaeologist Finola Finlay talking about doing archaeological field work on a Honda 50 in South Kerry uh, I actually thought, I, w- I was like is this archaeology work on a Honda 50 or is she actually sitting <laughs> on a Honda 50 going around? <laughs> so what is that about? <laughs> yeah, well, well, okay I mean, by God, we're so lucky with our speakers, um, like we've been all meeting now already and
6: everything, so, so like Vanola, the very first time I met her, she mentioned the Honda 50, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so she, she writes, um, I saw my husband do this amazing blog, the Rowing Water Journal. Like, it is just such a wealth of information. Um, so, so she's an archaeologist. She's related to people down here. And um, she, when, back 50 years ago, she did a master's thesis in rock art. And to look at her now, you, you couldn't think it's possible. You know, it doesn't compute. But she went around on 150. She had a whole load of drawings on her back. She had a, a sack full of, like, the drawings she made, like a scale of one-to-one drawings of rock art. So, like, she had huge amounts of paper. She must have looked really comical going around with these, like, scr- the rolls of paper probably twice her height on the back of her. <laughs> <laughs> and then... She she would go along to like an open air rock art panel um, with carvings. They'd be like um hollows and wings, and you know they in combination they're incredible. And then she um traced them in a and um, then copied them onto paper. And she had an exhibition a few years ago, and they're unreal. They're really still valuable because nobody believe it or not has done it since.
1: Yeah, <laughs> amazing.
6: Probably, yeah. Never will.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just looking there. You know the Bronze Age copper mines, and you 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 mentioned them there. Um, were they very big? Were they were they big operations? The copper mines.
6: They, I tell you, the thing about them that kind of maybe the most amazing thing is that they were probably relatively small operations, maybe family groups. Yeah. So because plants or weeds or any kind of um, like vegetation doesn't grow near copper-rich rock, only a few species. There's a kind of a feeling when you go to a copper mine as if the people got up for lunch and left and are coming back. So you can see the actual hammer stones that they used still like on the ground by the copper mines. And the copper mines aren't a mine like the way we would think of it, with a shaft. They're, they're like a cave. It's actually quite beautiful. So, like St. Cajon's Hermitage is inside. It's all quartz with this Beautiful green turquoise mineralization and it's all the walls around it And there's a hollow in the back of it where they it said that Sankoh made the impression of his head by sitting there for so long as a hermit. <laughs> 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 there, there, there's something. It's, you know, it's like if you could travel through time and be in a place where somebody had been doing something, you know, a year like four and a half thousand years ago, like. I think the copper mine is kind of just transported right there. It's the working site, you know, so you can understand it. You know what it is. You know know what the people were doing and why they were doing it. Yeah,
1: Yeah. wow. People uh, would be familiar if they were leaving Waterville Village, heading towards, uh, say, Caradainil Kumakista direction. On the left, you have these wonderful standing stones, Ector Kua, and you'll be talking about them as well.
6: Uh, yeah, with Dr. O'Neil. He's a. who moved to Valencia um, a few years ago. He'll be talking about them, and they're so iconic. And people, uh, it's something you drive by every day of the week. And often I say to people, "Do you know the Stone Roll?" And they say no. And then I tell them where it is. Like, oh yeah. Um, and, and that Stone row is it's very special for a number of reasons. Like there's mythology associated with it. So you know that's lovely with. And you have archaeology and mythology all combined together mm. and then there's, there's a hill in um Ivra it's just when you're going to the past up to uh, Balakashin and it's called like On Moor or On Moor. and it's thought that On Moor comes from the Kyloch like the kind of witch that's witch. so powerful in mythology mm-hmm. and if you're at the ectro it's completely lined up with the point of that mountain yeah isn't that and amazing yeah and Dury Stone Row in Drummond that's you know completely lined up with the same mountain and somewhere else completely different um, and then they're both both those stone rows
1: yeah uh, um even Eve, are you still there are you gone even seems to have dropped out of the air there as she was telling us that fascinating um, story. Um, it just reminds me of Eikter I think that's the burial place of Skene, isn't it? And you hear of Inver, Shk- Inver out in Kinmere and Armagan, Tech Ammergan in Waterville. Skene was Ammergan's wife, if I'm not mistaken, back to the mythology in Malaysians um, and all that. And uh, there's a wonderful statue actually about uh, Ammergan's Boat. The head of his boat is uh, there in Waterville, if you come in. It's like a sundial done by that talented sculptor um, Holger Lanza, and it actually also looks like the head of a gannet, which is absolutely fascinating. Um even now, uh, you're back with us again. I was saying there was um, was was it Schjøna that was buried in Egtakua, or rumored to she drowned
6: at sea. Yeah. So it's um, it, it's it's kind of said to be pointing to where she drowned in okay. The water. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, and she was she
1: was a satirist, so she she was um, she must have been a bit of
6: craft, you know,
1: in the day. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, we lost her Yeah. Now the Dark Sky Reserve, of course, is in this area as well. The Gold Tier, one of the oh, the only one in the Northern Hemisphere, one of three in the world, and you'll be um, you have a nod to that as well because you've an astronomy guide, and uh, it'll be uh, presented in Irish, but non-Irish speakers will enjoy it as well
6: and And something uh, <clears> that to evolution is giving that he <clears throat> he's able to uh, get a computer screen now let's say if it's cloudy today, we'll do it inside in the Hall ball Skelly mm. uh, it's unreal he, he sits at a, a computer screen and he has the whole universe in front of us and if you say to him, "Al look, bring us to Jupiter." he blew a few buttons all the planets and all the stars fly past you and the next thing he lands in Jupiter and then someone says oh no I met Mars he <laughs> knocks his way around the virtual universe like it's his own backyard it's unreal it's such an experience and he's so knowledgeable and he's so good at communicating he's like an amazing young man so so you could go to you could always.
1: go to Bannon Skellig's and end up in Jupiter or Mars this evening
6: <laughs> it, it, it just looking to you with him he's just going through um, he, he just he, uh, he knows you know he's got this software that he uses and it, it's Beautiful how It's
1: a work of art. You know, if you see something, you can do something really well. Like yeah. make a gift or whatever. Who yeah. knows how to do that? Brilliant. Well, even I know you have to get on now because you're 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 at it this morning. Um. Uh, if people want more information, they go to um forward slash archaeology hyphen festival. But discover.e will get you there. Um, or discoverivara.e I should say. Discoverivara.e will get you there as well. That's where all the details okay. of the events
6: because we're really excited we have Amanda Clark from Holy Wells and she went to a Holy Well yesterday with us that she's never seen before and she was so excited and uh, then we have R.D. playing tonight and you know it's all on the website. So. Ex- Excellent. With a, lot, a e- license theater when it
1: comes. Yeah, even brilliant. It's always great. To, the, the first one is always the, the, the most difficult to get off the ground, but it sounds like you're off to a great start. So well done on that, and congratulations. Um, the festivals like this, I think, are so important. So thanks a million, and uh, best luck with it over the weekend. Great. Thanks a lot. That's even lamb there and it is the inaugural Skellig Coast Archaeology Festival. Like I said, you can go to discoveryvaraya.ie for more information there. We're going to take a break and we're going to be speaking about Christmas, lads, because Tony Noonan is about to light up all those lights that can be seen from space in Temple Glanton and he does this year, does it every year for charity.
0: The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry brought to you in association with Virgin Media, turning this Black Friday red in the Virgin Media Playhouse of offers. See virginmedia.ie for more details.
1: Yeah, six. You can text or WhatsApp 083300 3300 Now, it is that time of year, um, you know, people are thinking about getting decorations now and what trees they'll be getting, but one man that has been thinking about decorations and lights for a few months now is Tony Noonan over in Temple Glanton because he puts on a special Spectacular lights show at his house he's been doing this for a number of years raising thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of euros for various charities and also raising awareness for those charities and he joins me on the line now
7: Tony how are you? Good morning Joe and good morning to all our listeners and thank you very much for having me on this morning it's very much appreciated Very good so when are you turning on the lights? Tomorrow at 4.30 we will set the uh, stray ablaze for charity please go ahead and uh, yeah, another this year falls to Nicky Quaid with the Limerick McLeod Cup, All Ireland winning goalie. So tomorrow at four thirty is the place to be in Tim Patlent in the County Limerick.
1: Very good. Now have you done anything different this year? Is there more lights added or what way is it?
7: Well, it is you have seen this several times, joy yourself. Yeah, We've added a lot of Santis and the rangers and things again this year, you know, and uh, it's just we we've doing a test run there during the week, and it looks fantastic, i be honest about it. So we're just delighted, and tomorrow's the big day, and please, God, the weather will be kind to me.
1: Yeah, now I know NASA have been on to us saying they they usually see it from uh, space uh, because it's that spectacular, but you can see it from the, the main road as well. And tell us where you are located.
7: That's correct, Joe. Uh, well, as coming in from the Kerry side, they're just at the top of my hand, there was a sign there that would take, the, across, across, would take the first lift there, and it's down there four kilometres. But it's all signposted anyway. Coming from Newcastle, by the Devlin, it's the very same thing. It's all well signposted, and the air code is v 94 y seven w Will you say that again, Tony, the air code? Sandy? So, sorry, excuse me, Joe. Yeah. v 94 y seven w
1: Perfect. Okay, very good. And you have a Facebook page and all that where people can
7: go, don't you? Yes, yeah. that's correct, Joe, and were, tomorrow is a big day for us, you know, with Nikio, the official opening, we'll have refreshments there, and we'll have music by Mike Solo, he's a local musician, and Santa Claus will be there to take the letters back to the North Pole, and the other special guest we have in is Limit Holland captain, Eamon Grimes, he was a captain 50 years ago, Yeah, so he's joining us as well, so...
1: Yeah, we did a documentary actually on that uh, team, uh, Connie Broderick and I, that uh, won that time. And of course, it was a rare thing that time. That <laughs> Limerick, you know, they they broke the hoodoo there and uh, well, it wasn't that rare anymore in the last few years. Um, tell us, uh, well, who are the charities that will benefit uh, this year? Because this is what it's all about.
7: Yeah, we have four main charities. We have Limerick Suicide Watch, Midford Care Centre in Limerick. And, to, of course, they're having a car charity. They're They're looking after people with mental health illness. And, of course, we have Recovery Haven and Tralee. They're a sitting charity with us every year. All these charities do great work, like Recovery Haven. And uh, we're just delighted. But, of course, Joe, it's not about Tony Noonan. It's the people that make this. The people donated twenty thousand one hundred eighty euros last year, but I didn't donate, and I didn't do anything. It's the people that does it this every year for me.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely wonderful, Tony. Um, it's always a pleasure bringing you on. I know you put an amount of work into this because even when we bring you on, you know at the start of the year to to, to thank people and to tell us uh, you know how much was raised or whatever, you're already thinking about the next year, aren't you?
7: Yes, that's correct. But as far as I say, it's a lot of preparation. But I like donating, as I say, it's the people that makes. And I'd like to thank you, there, and all the team Radio really there. For always being so kind to me, it's very much appreciated. And I suppose while in just on it there. I'd like to congratulate the Limerick seven Limerick players that got their all-stars last night. And I suppose I have to thank, I have to congratulate the Kerry You the have team, to, you know, yeah, I have, yeah. <laughs> I, had, I, 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 had, I, had, I had the biggest call we have ever had last year, which David Clifford and Tim Morley I yeah. uh, Nicky Quaid, but This was the biggest crowd ever. Unfortunately, we don't have it you know And David, is planning to meet the final tomorrow, you know and. As I say, there were are gentlemen on and off the pitch. As yeah. I say about any players I ever brought to my home, and uh, last year with no exception with the carry boys and everything were delighted. But please God, they'll be back again to me in the near future.
1: Very good. So it's on tomorrow. What time again?
7: Tomorrow we flick the switch at four thirty. So 4.30. Please God, the weather will be kind. as long as the weather will be kind to me. Please God. Yeah, and all are welcome everybody is welcome, and as I said, thank you very much. Very good. Well,
1: Tony, best of luck with it. Um, thanks a million for coming on, and we wish you all the best. And Christmas has arrived when we bring uh, Tony Noonan on the programme. We wish him well, and whenever I'm giving out, when I'm taking out the Christmas lights and trying to untangle them, I think of Tony Noonan and all the lights he has to untangle. But I know he they aren't tangled by him because he's a real professional at that, so we wish him all the best. Stay with us on the programme. We have lots more to come. Bernadette Nereida with will be in studio with us, speaking of poetry, but she was on a, a royal visit, I call it, to uh, America. She was over there and she's going to tell us all about it, so I'm very much uh, looking forward to that. If you want to get in touch with the programme, 066 712 You can text the WhatsApp 833003300 300 We're going to take a break, we'll have the news, and I'll join
0: you again in the next hour. The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry brought you in association with Virgin Media. Turning this Black Friday red in the Virgin Media Playhouse of Offers. See virginmedia.ie for more details. Yes, somewhere into the second hour of the
1: Saturday Supplement and I hope you're enjoying the programme. 066 712 six for your calls. You can text the WhatsApp 083 300 Before I go any further, I just want to make a special mention to the late Great Wish she Fogarty, five years gone today, would you believe? And just to Joan, his wife and his family, we're thinking of he as we are thinking of um, Wishi. And like I always said, She was great to me um, here in Radio Kerry. And even before Radio Kerry, I found him brilliant altogether. together. And I commentated on a South Kerry final with him as well which I absolutely is most memorable and I couldn't get over how generous he was um, to me and um, also you'd meet him here when he'd be getting ready for um, Terrace Talk and he'd always have a chat with you and everything like that and um, I um, took over in conversation from him um, as well and uh, what an unbelievable broadcaster he was so we're thinking of Joan and his family as we're thinking of weishi today. Like I said, get in touch with us 066712 you can text to WhatsApp oh eight three three hundred three three hundred. Now I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Royalty in studio because Bernadette Nereida, she doesn't often come in but when she comes in it's absolutely amazing and you, we're giving you a bit longer this morning now Bernadette for us to of poetry because you went on a voyage, we'll call it a voyage of discovery <laughs> <laughs> A voyage of discovery,
8: maybe I discovered myself in yeah. those places. Yeah, I did Joe, I can honestly say maybe we could call it poetry in motion yeah. I honestly can say to you that like I had three weeks in America and I had a holiday of a lifetime I lived like a VIP so <clears throat> I was looking for a red carpet coming in this morning <laughs> but
1: anyway <laughs> you had to settle so, for a blue one there, there be, I
8: suppose. but seriously it is one of those things that like took me a while now to decide if I'd go because I, I, I maybe I'm someone that mulls things over a mm. bit and any siblings, I said it to my friends, I said, God, you're mad not to go because, you know, you don't have to worry about hotels or anything. Mm. And of course, the invitation was there by several of the cousins. And then my children, I don't know, did they just want, they said, Mom, you're going. That's mm. yeah, <laughs> it. So I decided anyway. And my daughter, Sharon, this is kind of t- to build up, but I'll be short about it. She kind of pounced on it. Maybe she was afraid I'll change my mind. And we sat down at the laptop and she trawled through all the, you know, extracted yeah. all the, the choices of flights and everything and um, my daughter Sandra drove me to Shannon so they made it very easy for me yeah. and my son Sean collected me on the way back and my cousin collected me on the way but you know I suppose what I was thinking and what was hesitant was like God, look I'd never been to America would I be alright on my own and yeah. blah 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 but sure I was fine and I was grand and it was brilliant the whole thing so, wh- and are you sorry you didn't go sooner maybe? I, yeah I wish I had I yeah. wish I had and kind of because you can build something up in your head yeah. and I think if you overthink something and like you know it's it's so and like things are easier you know the the customs clearance the US customs clearance I was able to do that online and have it done and there was no oh, yeah. so there's no hassle um, yeah. that way I suppose probably because I'd never done it and I'm not someone that has travelled a lot you know or frequently but I don't know what I was I I am I am a bit kind of like mm, i think about it I'm all yeah. over and over but like the cousins were brilliant and they kept encouraging me and saying we'll pick you up at the airport you know how easy yeah. uh, is that you know yeah, yeah. but yeah um, so yeah did you do
1: what I did when I first went to America is that I went for the wrong door and your man said to me are you going driving and I was like what
8: yeah yeah. (laughs) that happened the first week in particular every time we were somewhere and I was coming back to the car and say Cousin Bernadette, are you driving? And I think, oh, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> your... <laughs> I did it the wrong way around. And I ended up driving in America, but I'll tell yeah, you that. Yeah, <laughs> no, not out yeah, in, yeah. in the big public road, yeah. but anyway. But, um, so yeah, I where I went to in America, I suppose when we mention America, especially, you know, us Irish, and we all have, we all have cousins in America, we, the hotspots are kind of New York, Boston, Chicago, places like that comes to my head anyway straight away. But I went to the state of Indiana, And the capital I was flying into was Indianapolis, the city of Indianapolis, but to try and put it Indiana is a, um, I couldn't give you the square miles now yeah. but it's a bit bigger than Ireland not a lot a bit uh-huh. bigger than Ireland and I think our population is about 5.5 million mm. roughly their population is around 7 million yeah. so that's just to put it in and if you were in mm-hmm. Chicago like which I was I had to get a flight from Chicago into Indianapolis it takes about 40 minutes it's a right. bit like flying from Kerry to Dublin Do you know you're yeah. up in the air when they're telling you to prepare them for descent so that's just to put it in a perspective yeah. because I only know about it because look my cousins you know I have so many cousins there, but um, yeah, so I arrived But <laughs> of course, everything went fine, and it was eight hours like to Chicago, and then you know fly into Indianapolis. So, but I have to tell you, <laughs> I have to tell you this because so many people, my cousins think like they probably think, oh my god, Irish. Like I, my cousin had said he'd pick me up outside the airport, and I collected the luggage, and of course I had the big case and the small carry-on case, and I was all so I went out anyway, exited, and I was standing on the the, the footpath pavement <laughs> yeah,
1: the pavement yeah go ahead you'll but, be saying garage or, or bash,
5: Yeah.
8: but anyway I was standing there and I was thinking yeah I said and I was looking at a crossroad and the width of the road of course like talk about one of the things I think it's an advantage I don't have the jaded eye of a frequent traveller Yeah. you know so everything I saw was wow and wonder. Yeah, yeah. so I was looking at oh my god there was about five or six lanes all going one way the traffic and then there was a pedestrian crossing and there was a guy and I started wondering Jesus is that a car park is that where he said to be again if a minute you start to question yourself you see so there was a man in the middle of the road anyway <laughs> he sat there hooshing a load of people across and I was there thinking act now while he has the traffic stopped so I went and dragging the cases, and I just said straight, I said, look, can I ask you a question? He said, of course you can. And I said, my cousin told me he'd me. <laughs> you can take Kerry, you can take the woman out of Kerry, but you can't take Kerry out of the woman, thanks be to God. And I said, I'm wondering, I said, should I be going across there, did he mean? And he said, no. He said, if you're looking for a new bird that you're going there. But he said, your cousin, he said, he'll swing by to the curb, and he'll stop, and he'll pick you up. And I was thinking, yeah, that's what was in my head, and I looked at him and I said, should I turn back? And he said, you should. <laughs> so what I was thinking then, off again with cases and the whistle, I said, the cars are going to start now beeping. Not a go. So anyway, my cousin John, John Cahill, Cahill, they pronounce pronounced in America, he arrived and of course everything was fine and we'd loaded the luggage and everything. But it was about a half an hour's drive from the airport to his house and we are driving I naturally like you'd have to house your flight and blah 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 and I was telling him what I just told you you (laughs) now. so now it said Cousin Berndet arrived in America first time exited the airport and stopped all the traffic (laughs) 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 but I suddenly was wondering did he say the car park did he say he'd be there near that but anyway it was all fine so anyway off we went and we arrived to his house and again you see, if I hadn't seen this firsthand, I'd probably be trying to visualise it, mm. and I don't know if i will be able to convey. But they're living in a place called um, Martinsville, is like the city, but the, their actual place is Foxhill Estate, and the estate is a thousand acres of woodland. Mm. And now they don't own all of it, but there are, um, it's, it's pr- totally private so it's like the only way I can describe it is if you were in Killarney yeah, and you drove in the gates of the Killarney National Park yes. and you're going home yeah. and your house is backing onto a lake that's okay. the only way I can do it it was absolutely, of course the sun 30 degrees but it's absolutely stunning but one of the things I loved because it, like it, it's a huge like the, a thousand acres is huge by any standards but their house was stunning and now they moved there you know they're both retired they moved there a couple of years ago and it was backing onto a lake. But what they seem to do, I'm I driving around there, I, what they seem to do is they just clear the space. Like if you bought an acre of ground there, mm. you would clear enough to build your house. Yes. So you you could have a big oak tree about four feet away you. Yeah, you're the still house. enveloped in the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that's what I love because if you're driving around there, a deer could run across your path. The squirrels were active with the acorns up and down, just a couple of feet away from me. Yeah. Woodpeckers. The um, chipmunks you know yeah. the whole
1: raccoons the whole yeah. the
8: whole thing is still very kind of they, they live side by side if i can put it that way
1: with nature i, I when i first went over again uh, we went to the poconos and they're in pennsylvania they're up in the hills very similar to that there's right. you know it's all kind of that kind of a um the way the houses are and that's what struck me i didn't think america had so many trees there was trees everywhere i couldn't get over it from what you see in the in the movies yeah. you know you're comparing yeah. everything to the yeah. movies uh, the Movies yeah. is our image. Yeah, I it's, yeah. it's
8: our kind of perception of America. But I'm glad you said that because I was—I found myself thinking, "Is it me?" But everywhere there was trees, 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 and it was beautiful. It was and, and
1: imagine in the autumn, how beautiful it would be. Oh my yeah.
8: God! Because mm. just before I left, it was yeah. starting to turn, mm. and but it was like uh, the leaves were starting to drift and everything. But it's—I was talking. They said, "No, no, we, we clear." But any of the houses, like that, were there, you know, for longer than, you know, they all seem to just. I don't think it's a law. I think it's just something they do, mm. that they just clear what they need. But it, it is nice. Now, the one thing that one of my cousins said to me, there was three weeks I didn't see a drop of rain. Mm. And it was warm. And he said, I think, because everything is run there by the HOA, the House Owners Association. And he said, I think he said, if there's another week without rain, he said they will start checking if any trees are too near because everything was bone dry tinder dry so uh, that's but even the roads in there when they need repair he was showing me like there was little red flags and um, red paint they, they repair the roads there's nothing like now the public traffic can come in yeah. but everything is repaired by the, the house owners association yeah. which obviously they have to pay into w-
1: were you afraid of a, a bear coming out of the woods or anything because that was another and thing I did <laughs> I took a shortcut one day home from uh, I was getting donuts and coffee and another <laughs> cliche. but uh, I said I'd take a shortcut and I was freaky out halfway through because I said a, a big brown bear could come out of here I didn't know where there were bears in those woods but no,
8: there no I wasn't and that, it never entered my head I,
1: <laughs> I should have told you that for you
8: <laughs> the garden to me, but no, and there's no shops in this thousand yeah, acres. Yeah. I mean, no, they've their own 18 hole golf course and beautiful clubhouse and lovely, like serving lovely food. But there was well, I don't know, Joe. There was a bear. Maybe they kept out of the way. <laughs> the woman with the cases running across the road, and changing her mind. Yeah. But um, no, the, the the wildlife. It was lovely to see that. And I mean, um, I had. Um, oh, I'm telling you, VIP doesn't describe it. I had um, a self contained, like I mean, an ensuite apartment downstairs and right outside that there's a beautiful patio and there was an oak tree and sometimes if we weren't going out till maybe 11 I would go down you know read a book have a cup of coffee I love their coffee and I'm a tea drinker but anyway and uh, one morning I was just sitting gazing at the lake I mean you know the luxury of it and I could hear this tap tap and I thought it sounded like someone in the distance repairing something Oh, whatever way I looked, and there, just four or five feet away, there was a woodpecker on the side of the oak tree and he going at it hammer and tie And I just, to me, I mean, some people might say, oh my God, but to me that was like, and then a squirrel came out of the leaves, chased him and he flew away. But it was just, nature is very much around them. Yeah. Very, very much. Yeah. And we don't really readily think of that when we think of America. Yeah. Do you know, we think of glitzy and buzz and, yeah. and
1: all that S- kind skyscrapers of Skyscrapers and Hollywood and... Yeah. yeah and um, there's sometimes it depends where you go like uh, it depends on the Irish population kind of there as well. Sometimes you're, you, being Irish can be a massive novelty and other times it's not thought of anything. And what was that like? For oh, Irish,
8: the Irish connection was huge. The, the my, Now, I, I wonder have I more cousins now in America than I have in Ireland, <laughs> which is saying something. But their Irish connection means so much to them. And I mean, some of them have already been to Ireland more than once and that. And I'd met some of them, but some of them I was meeting for the first time. <clears throat> but the Irish thing, the Irishness is something like... Um, that's strong with them um, I think and I found that even in shops do you know if I was in a shop and of course asking an assistant maybe to convert the US sizes or whatever and the accent of course is to go to mile
1: Yeah. <laughs> and will you have me to <laughs> <No>. <laughs> get the carry man there
8: <laughs> no it's just, it's just the way I'm talking now but they kind of say oh my god you know Ireland and they either have maybe in-laws whose ancestors were from Ireland or else it's on their. oh I so want to go to Ireland and they love Ireland they love the Irish accent they love everything and I found that now and that was even with people who weren't related to me at all do you know what I mean like so any shops or anywhere I went to but um, there was there was a funny thing there's a neighbour of uh, John and Robbie the cousins I was staying with and um she was saying and this woman she's 87 years old God bless her and you wouldn't think like that she was 70 to look at her but anyway she said to me are you doing anything tomorrow this was now the, the first few days that I was there and Martinsville is kind of their, their city Indianapolis in would be about maybe half an hour's drive away but she said we'll go into Martinsville I'll take you and I said great thanks a million you know <laughs> so off we went she had a fabulous car and that's another thing that she had Her mommy, honey I ain't driving so I was going off to the thing but went in and this is so like talk about being Irish we were, and she, she would be well known and I'd say that's one of her main areas so we parked anyway and she said this would be the main street and some fabulous shops and art and crafts and everything but she obviously knows a lot of people there, so we said, I'm going to show you this shop. So we went in, and when we went in, she said, hello, this is my neighbour's cousin, Bernadette, from Ireland. And it was like, oh my God, and I, I was thinking, oh, they'll think I'm a VIP or something. <laughs> and I'm kind of, hello, and they said, you're so welcome. But she did that several shops down along the street, and into a spa, everything. She said, this is my cousin, and I'm there oh, my God, and they, they were so, so friendly, so nice. Honest to God now, and I mean, I'm not, I experienced it, so I'm not yeah. kind of exaggerating it or anything, but I said to her, they think I'm a VIP. She said, yes, you need to get familiar with the place, she said. <laughs> and so on. But they were all stopped what they were doing and came to welcome. They said, oh, my God. So this is where I picked up on the, my sister's husband's family came from Ireland, and I went to Ireland last year for, one of the daughters might have been up the north of Ireland, so they did a tour of Ireland. Yeah but all of that Ireland it was like something people come to life and you know
1: yeah and that's something we talk about as well I suppose when people come here um, it's you were saying to me there when you came back that it's not just the the views or the the different things they're going to it's actually the Irish people
8: that's that's yeah. one of the things. And, and like, when it comes but We should to appreciate to that one. Oh, more. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Because we should make more of it. Because they're really, like, if you come... Like, they have, like, the, the Irish connection or they have an image of Ireland. Yeah. But if you go, if they come to Ireland, which they do, and I mean, you know, it's one of our industries, tourism, yeah. but they really want to meet, you know, just what I call normal Irish people. They want, because they love the accent, they like to hear things, um, anything. So I think it's something we should maybe develop more if i can put it that way and i'm i'm genuine about that like that yeah. we should kind of up that game a bit because that's that's one of the reasons they come because it's from the irish they will get you know a sense of well where you're born, or a story of the area or something, and they're very into that yeah. very, very into Very
1: it. good, well Bernadette we'll talk more about your trip to America, and uh, mm. we must uh, you are a poet too, so we must find out was this fruitful in that sense as well did you get inspiration from it, and you might um, recite a few of your poems as well for us, get in touch with us 066 you can text WhatsApp 083 300
0: the Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry. Brought you in association with Virgin Media. Turning this Black Friday red in the Virgin Media Playhouse of Offers. See virginmedia.ie for more details.
1: 66 712 six for your calls. You can text WhatsApp 83 300, three, 300 and uh, just to get to a few of your messages God rest Wishi Vogelty's soul on his 5th um, anniversary thoughts are with his family a true gentleman and a legend and also um, Charles gonna touch hi Joe great show again this morning very interesting as usual I think Shane Ryan unlucky not to win an all star also thinking of Wishi's family on his 5th anniversary or I um, Pete Bernadette Newreda is here for Speaking of Poetry and she's telling us all about her wonderful trip to the US of A in Indianapolis and um, you're going to do a few poems for us and uh, well, now so tell <coughs> us about what well, you've chosen
8: I might, I might read this poem well I will read it, I shouldn't say I might it's called Leaves and you know I'll just read it and let it, let it speak for mm-hmm. itself Leaves On the ground beneath the trees they lie helpless in heaps blackened by decay from overhead branches some still hang yellowed and limp drooped waiting to go and they will in the next blow drop and rot on the spot where they fall in time they will become the earth in time there will be no trace in time bare trees monument the place that's just I mean look there's there's another poem about leaves that are written and I might, I might read it uh, towards you know mm. later on but it's kind of the perception of... Um, I don't know what was in my head when I wrote that. I really don't. And it was the perception of... And, and uh, there was a woman who said to me one day, oh, that, that poem's all about death. And it's, again, getting back to the poetry for a minute, like, there's there's a kind of... Uh, the, the different perceptions and the different mm. images. And I don't know why it came into my head now. I think it's because of the, the time of the year we have. But desperately, I think there was there was graveyards in my head and you know they can be very kind of lonely or you mm. could see a tree and it tie, it all ties in together but well, one of the things I had asked getting back to, we're going back, back to America yeah. now, one of the things that I had asked my cousins, my mother's people were the, are the connection so I would, be, I would be talking about people of my own age would be my second cousins and um, I was kind of I, I said I'd love to see where they're buried and just wanted to say a prayer and yeah. you know and um, but again, and everything I saw, and I, I, sometimes people say, "Oh, everything's big in America," but it is really the size of the you know the cemeteries they call it the graveyards. I'd say like two miles big, if you know what mm. I'm trying to say. And uh, it was nice to get there and just think about them and say a prayer. But you you couldn't walk around it like you you know it has yeah. to be driven because yeah. it was vast and vast and vast. So I mean. People might think that that poem and what I'm talking about now is maudlin, but I would say it's reality. Yeah. We don't dwell on it, but you, it's
1: w- reality. Were you emotional when you got to the grave? A
8: bit, yeah. because I was thinking of the people, and you know one of the things that struck me when I was flying out from Shannon to Chicago, one of the things that struck me a few hours into the flight was you know, the people that went a couple of generations ago, and how different Like they were in the whole of a ship for three or four weeks. Maybe some of them didn't survive. And I I knew I was talking about my own relations, you know what I'm saying? And that struck me. So when I was there, I kind of, yeah, I felt that. And I thought, God, how did, you know, obviously some of them did survive and how they fared out and what was. And I think all of the cousins that I met, and they're Catholics, you know, that's the faith they follow. And I would think that's handed down to them because the, the people that immigrated, you know, back a couple of generations, maybe Catholicism was something constant, something familiar to them. Mm. So I think they practised that that faith. And look, people can practice whatever faith they like. Yeah. But another thing that I was I felt um John, my cousin, was saying there's another cemetery, and he wanted to show me. And it was again a massive area of it. And he said many years ago, he said, going back in the past, it wouldn't have the Irish were buried here. And of course I had to get out. I said, I need to walk to this. Yeah. And it was the names Joseph O'Connor Sullivan, coffee. Yeah. And I felt that. Yeah. And these are people that I know nothing about. Yeah. And all I could say was, you know, God rest their soul. I, d- I felt it. Yeah. I can be emotional about, you know, yeah. humanitarian things. And I was saying to myself, oh, God, I wonder what um, happened to them. I mean, I'm not saying that anything tragic happened to them, but, you know, that they came to America. And it was the names that we readily associate as Irish. Do you know, yeah. Sullivan, like if someone, oh, he, he must have been Irish here. And I, 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 could no, I couldn't walk through all of it because like I'd be there until now. But I walked through some, and I just said, "Oh my God!" And I felt that. Yeah. I, I kind of felt it as yeah. in, "Well, these are Irish people buried here." Like yeah,
1: to you're wondering what happened in the in the dash in yeah, between yeah, because exactly. they say a born, died. What happened in the dash in That's between?
8: A brilliant yeah. expression. Yeah, the dash in the yeah, middle. Yeah, yeah their yeah. lives and. Yeah. You know, but that's where they're buried. But it was—it was kind of a thing. And he couldn't. He said, "It's just where all Irish people were buried." And he said, "In this, but it was acres big." And I couldn't, I couldn't get around it, and I was just even looking at some headstones and that, and I thought, oh God, I, f- I felt that I, yeah. I did. I'm, you know, some people mightn't, but I did. Yeah, you know.
1: It must be a yeah, crazy was, experience to see the names, like you say, coffee or Sullivan, which Yeah, you? yeah, are <laughs> yeah, yeah. Irish, exactly. Yeah. So, um, were you invited to go and speak anywhere or anything like that? I was, and
8: yeah. that, <laughs> thats something. There was, um, there was a grandparents' day coming up, and my cousins that I was staying with said, "Would you like to experience?" And I went to a couple of them. It was lovely to experience. I like to experience things like you know. Now I saw some lovely monuments, war monuments and things throughout. But I like to to experience like their kind of lifestyle as well. So anyway, um, we were at a function. And this is very. <laughs> this sounds very posh. After a previous function <laughs> during the week, that <laughs> sounds yes, very grand. It was on your itinerary. Yeah, yeah. But um, one of my cousins said to me, you know, you're you're coming to you know Saint Jude's Catholic School is the name of the school that this I was going to, and she said, I wonder would you come and speak. To my class and I never I said oh god I would you know never thinking like oh I would of course and she said I teach fourth graders so they'd be around nine-ish that age so <clears throat> anyway I never really plotted anything in my head that I was going to talk to them about which was a bit naive I suppose <laughs> the day came anyway and um, went in and she introduced me and handed me a microphone so you're talking of 30 plus kids and it was also then the grandparents hour was up But what I realised, and of course, when I started talking, poor George, you know, some of the grandparents, I only found this after. But I was wondering, they asked at the door, can we come in as well? Oh. And my cousin said, yeah, she said, they heard probably the Irish accent <laughs> and this one talking away. So anyway, what I did, and it was lovely. Um, I introduced myself, of course, and I said how delighted I was to be there. And I was, sa- I was saying, why didn't I have a, a um, you know, a text yeah. in the headlight like, yeah. that I'd have? So I just, you know, that I was saying it was lovely to be here and everything. And if something just came to me and I was dying to find out and I said, I, I wanted to ask them when they hear Ireland. What comes into their head?
6: Oh, very good. So question,
8: hands were up all over the place then. St Patrick Green. So they were well up there now. Yeah. And I suppose they, they, my teacher, like or my cousin, the teacher, would have kind of given them an Irish insight. So anyway, we were there and one young boy, <laughs> I think this is so, this is one of the highlights, this is special. One young boy put up his hand and he said, do you have leprechauns in Ireland? And I was delighted because I was able to reassure him that we do. Yeah. And I had to explain to him, I said, look, sometimes we call them the little people or fairies, but I yeah. said they have secret passageways. So I was able to tell him that. So I said, it's very hard to see them. But I said, they're there because I said my grandfather saw them. And I had a story about me and my grandfather as a child and the leprechauns. And I told them that story. Yeah. And m- one of my cousins that I was staying he was at the back of the room. And he said to me after, he said, those kids will never forget this. Because there was parts of it where I was finding something. And they were sitting up and their hands gone up to their head, wondering, what did you find? What she going to find? <laughs> <laughs> so... I told them that but, uh, even the, uh, the other grandparents were sitting in the room but they were absolutely fascinated with Irish and hearing that story is too long now so I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to tell it to him.
1: I'm just thinking you're going to be responsible in 20 years time loads of these Americans could be over looking for leprechauns around <laughs> Gary
8: <laughs> that, that woman came to our school and said <laughs> but it was it was lovely and it was it was kind of the but they were so interesting and so interested and they're they were so you know sometimes it can be hard to keep children's attention mm but I was aware and I'm standing here and there never once do they fidget or falter or anything yeah. and I think you know they, they were fascinated about hearing the story and because um, as a child like the, I was there was kind left but it is too long to yeah yeah it now yeah, yeah. but um, one of them asked me then oh yes there's something oh God <clears throat> When, you know, you you can't stay in a classroom all day, to be fair, and it was a privilege, like, to be talking to the children, and I was explaining to them, I said, look, I said, I need to let yourselves and the teacher get back to your schedule, and I said, it was so lovely, but I said, in Ireland, we have one word to say goodbye, and that's Slán. So, the teacher asked me, "Would would I write it up on the board, which I did, and I wrote it phonetically, as well as in Irish. So I said, I really have to go this time now. And I said, so I'll say Slon. And I got a chorus of voices. Slon! Uh, So I got a word of Irish spoken.
5: Brilliant.
1: (laughs) Excellent. We're here with Bernadette Newrida. We're speaking of poetry. We're going to take a break. a little more after these.
0: The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry brought you in association with Virgin Media, turning this Black Friday red in the Virgin Media Playhouse of Offers. See virginmedia.ie for more details.
1: Hi, Joe. Great interview with Bernadette Newrida. I'm just heading off myself on a show. Shepherds walk up the hill with Americans. They love Ireland and Bernadette is right. They want to meet the locals. Thanks, Joe. America is a great place and wonderful people too. And thanks, Bernadette. Loved her poem. Two best wishes, Bridget O'Connor. That's Bridget O'Connor, the famous sheep farmer. Isn't oh, that a, That's a lovely, lovely um, message. Yeah, oh, yeah. thank
8: you, Bridget. That is lovely.
1: Um, Bridget is one of the stars of our Women in Agriculture series that we've finished that will be broadcast uh, very soon and I'll let you know about oh, that. Um, so we're talking about your trip to America and... And then you were in the school, but you were invited to a, a huge gathering as well. Tell us about that. It? I'm
8: telling you, I keep dropping the word VIP. Have you
1: noticed? <laughs> <laughs> we always thought you were a VIP.
8: <laughs> but um, this now, the cousins that I was staying with, you know, John and Robbie, but he had organised and he said, "Would I be okay with that?" So they hired out a hall. It was like a community hall right beside their local church, and, and, and emailed everyone and everyone, you know, and um, he had it was on midway. In the holiday, if you know what I mean. I was there for three weeks, like, so this was midway, and there was everyone and anyone coming. And what it was like a potluck lunch, you know, everyone coming and bring food.
1: Oh, yeah. So, the Boston tea party kind of a kind vibe of a yeah, 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 yeah.
8: and it's very common there like when they do that there's a, a big gathering. they pot all
1: lunch yeah pot that's what look, they call it potluck yeah, potluck pot yeah. lunch yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah.
8: so you might bring a dish of spuds and I yeah. bring a dish of you know bacon yeah. or whatever well that,
1: that, <laughs> I'm back at home now I, yeah. is that what you bring to the party a pot of spuds
8: <laughs> well, I, oh, just, wow <laughs> I'm not I know that doesn't sound very popular that, that just came into my head do you know what you
5: I know what you mean, I do know what you Go
1: on. I know what I'd be bringing to dinner Go parties on. in front of us
8: I'll be I'll be known as the sponge woman. the sponge. of sponge. But <laughs> uh, it's like as if I lift them up and they're just sitting at the pot
1: How did you get them on the plane? <laughs>
8: anyway, that's funny now when yeah. I think of it. it. Just came out of me. But yeah. Um. So anyway we were there and we uh, were there going to be like everyone was told we were there about 11 and what people did was like that you know people might have been going to sports it was on a Saturday and they'd drop in for a couple of hours so the people were coming and going all day and it was again uh, this was so they could meet me yeah. and I'm there thinking oh t- it was very humbling in a sense to be fair and I'm thinking oh dear Jesus like you know how uh, I wouldn't disappoint them but at the very start um I was I had gone into the ladies and it was like the big room and there was a kitchen and everything and just through the window I saw something and you know I'm full of all guff but I can be very soft as well and I saw you know if you're going into a building and you see a little corner where you might put shrubs and what I saw and I thought oh dear god there was this the the stars and stripes big American flag and right beside it was the tricolour. Wow two big mass flags and that stopped me in my tracks because I went oh Jesus I could feel I am I mean you, I suppose wherever anyone will see the tricolour because that's our flag you know you'll yeah. feel it but to see it flying side by side with the flag of America and I said oh my God if I start crying they'll think am I homesick or upset or something but I could, feel, I got to get emotional yeah. so I went off to get my phone and, like Dominic Walsh would have had a great time anyway with all stuff. So. <laughs> but I went off to get the phone and I said I need to get a photograph of this and I went off I said nothing to no one because people were milling around and talking and one of my cousins well, the, the cousin I was staying with John he came out and he said are you alright and I said I'm grand I'm grand you know? yeah. and I said when he looked at me I said to be honest now I said I'm just moved I said I'm not sad I'm not upset but I'm moved and he said oh he said take a minute you're okay but it was just I suppose I'm so proud of, of yeah. my country and my yeah. flag and to see it side by side with you know the flag of one of the greatest nations in the world mm. And I was like, "Oh my God!" And I didn't cry, <laughs> but you know what they say, I wasn't very off of it. But I was so—I felt very honoured. Yeah. But all the people that came—I mean, there was one of my uh, one set of cousins, like they have a small baby of fourteen months. They drove three hours. Well, three hours. But I suppose. There's another thing, and I'm going away from the topic because it was a brilliant day and everything, and people came and went, and we all chatted and you know exchanged addresses and emails. And but did you
1: read your poetry?
8: I not no, okay. but they all I'd say everyone I met had the book, yeah. and they, you know there was, I they were getting me to sign it yeah. and do everything, yeah, because uh, they had ordered multiple copies of the books. But anyway, um, I was um, I was something to to kind of get away from that. I when I talk about the cousin that had driven three hours, like with a small baby and I'm thinking oh dear God but it's I now understand something I didn't know why Americans they take no notice of distance
5: mm-hmm.
8: it has to do with their roads Joe. Yeah. because there was a woman I was talking to during the week and she's she's settled in Killarney and <laughs> she said that when she gets visitors and she said they they said we'll fly into Shannon and we'll get the car and we'll arrive at your place and then we'll do this that and the other and she says wait till you have the trip from Shannon now not that the roads are bad but it's totally different like you're talking three or four lanes of traffic going one way and there's no I mean if you turn off you do that but it seems to be the roads are brilliant I know it's bi- it's a bigger country Jesus one of the biggest countries in the world yeah. and it's the wisdom and like here it's t- it's a lot more it's more hardship and I'm not giving out now about Irish roads I mean look you know they're, they're improving but it's it's different, totally. And I can understand now why an American would think nothing if they were up in Belfast, say, yeah. I'll drive to Kerry this morning and I'll be there overnight or something.
1: But, but likewise, that's why... Uh, I used to caddy in the, the water with golf course and you'd know the American American rental cars because the left wing mirror would be falling off them because they'd be staying in so far (laughs) they couldn't get over how narrow the roads are
8: The the width of our roads, some of them even, you know, main, primary roads can be very but I actually drove in America Whoa! but I didn't, know. I I have to be honest now, I I won't pretend (sighs) because uh, my cousin, um, their cousins they have a six-seater golf cart and of course, they they're kind of the easy going. They use that and they're going around, you know, their yeah. own area, like in this private Fox Hill estate, I'm sure it was called. Yeah. But anyway, um, but there was one evening and their mailboxes, you drive down to a place near a lake, another lake, and their mailboxes are all lined up. And John said, you know, he said, we'll go down and check the mail. And so he got out and he said, now he said, you sit in there, you're going to drive. And I said, I can't. Because, <laughs> he said, the roads, everything is private here. He said, there's no one going to. He said the public can come in, but no one's going to stop you and look for a license. So, uh, and he said the only thing you have to remember now it was a golf cart, like there was yeah. there was a power pedal and a brake. Yeah, yeah, there was no <laughs> gears,
7: no stick. Was, <laughs>
8: no, and there was kind of park and and uh, stop. You know, the yeah. the the gear was drive, I should say. So anyway, um, I sat in and he keeps an Irish flag flying out of the back of it this is all the time this is ongoing yeah. so anyway and I was saying the only thing I found you'd you need to now I, I didn't put a foot wrong He, we went to, we kept driving around for ages then and he said you were doing excellent at keeping to the right hand side but do you know where it would when you're turning left if we come up to remember to go out the broad side of it where we'd be kind of going left, direct left and this is going, but it was a great experience Yeah, it was.
1: I can imagine Yeah, Indianapolis, I was just thinking, you know, the stereotypical places you'd associate Ireland would or Irish would would be New York,
8: Boston, Boston Chicago, Chicago, and, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: Not really Indianapolis, no, uh, and, not
8: Indianapolis yeah. and not Indiana, but I don't know and I couldn't, I have asked and I can't find out why yeah. my relatives ended up you know I, th- maybe it was work or something yeah. Joe back yeah. then maybe it was maybe that's the reason that they travelled and
0: could have
1: been love
8: I, m- love can bring yeah. you anywhere yeah <laughs> and yeah. of course and yeah. you're a young man now you said <laughs> with that lovely, would have been a bit of a threat <laughs> what a lovely young wife so you know that but love can love you love yeah. can, can take you on a, yeah, any journey
1: very good Bernadette stay with us because uh, we should get another poem off <laughs> <laughs> we're meant to be speaking of poetry, we're here with uh, Bernadette Nerea. get in touch with us all 667122 Three six. You can text the WhatsApp oh eight three 300 three hundred three three hundred.
0: The Saturday supplement on Radio Kerry brought you in association with Virgin Media. Turning this Black Friday red in the Virgin Media Playhouse of Offers. See VirginMedia.ie for more details. Yes, and
1: speaking of Virgin Media, the sponsors of this programme, a wonderful competition has been run on the Radio Carry Facebook page, and I'm delighted to say the winner is Paul O'Connor. He's the winner of a €100 one-for-all voucher, courtesy of Virgin Media, turning November red-hot with amazing offers. And, uh, Paul, we will be in touch with you, and it's up there on the Radio Carry Facebook page um, as well, and well done to uh, uh, Paul, and uh, thanks to everyone who entered all so next uh, Saturday uh, Frank Lewis will be along for his programme and uh, young and old groups and individuals tell stories of Clarny over these um, past few months from Storied Kerry Sandra Dunley has been stimulating groups and individuals young and not so young to get involved in all aspects of the story of their native Clarny. They will all talk to Frank Lewis on the Saturday supplement on Radio Kerry from 9 to 11am on Saturday November 25th and they will be on podcast from the following Wednesday, as well as all of their work is on the show for several weeks in Clarney House from November. 22nd, so that's Frank Lewis um, next Saturday morning Bernadette Nereva is uh, with us, she's talking to us about her um, trip in uh, America we were speaking about food, Bernadette <laughs> the, the, the pot of spuds that you'd bring to a dinner party, I don't know, will you be my first guest <laughs> but I'd bring it for the company but no, not for the no. not for the gourmet dishes you'd be bringing to it um, so food <laughs> is a big thing in America <laughs> isn't it? It is, yeah.
8: and you know I have to say <laughs> pot of spuds, oh god, anyway uh, the food their food is beautiful the food I experience now home cooked or eating out which we did a lot of both Um <clears throat> Uh, mainly now I wouldn't be for some reason I wouldn't be a big seafood person that's I suppose but I had yeah. you know chicken dishes beef um, different and pork dishes but the food was gorgeous I mean absolutely lovely and I mean we drove one day into like the Indiana State Park we call it Brown County and on two occasions another you know, cousin brought me but the food and it's set inside in the forest you know a forest is the only way I could talk it. and yeah like one of, the, one of the, the waitresses and when she realised it was my first time in America she gave me when we were coming away she gave me a big dish of um, hot apple fritters and she said "You enjoy those you know. and I was stuffed yeah. but like what some people you see a lot of people doing now they say they last ask for a box and half the portion is put into that and they might have it for their lunch the next day but the food was gorgeous yeah. food was lovely and the weather the weather was of course didn't mm. see a drop of rain like for three weeks that in itself, yeah. But you know, they, they, as one of my cousins has said, yeah, he said, but the the the, um, the temperature now. He said you're a very temperate climate, yeah. Huh? So he said like where they get a few months of snow and they get, but then they get defined seasons. I suppose yes. that's what I'm trying to yeah,
1: say. Yeah, yeah. But we don't get the extremes here, which is great.
8: No, we um, don't get the extremes of anything really. Yeah, I'm <laughs>
1: conscious of time, so are you going to well, perform another you know, for, for us?
8: Because and I think this one, because before I was leaving, I could see the change, the, and I spoke about all the trees, and they were turning, and I could see the leaves drifting. Here and there, and everywhere I went, and even the acres and acres of soya beans that I saw growing and corn, they were all turning, and that was lovely to witness as well. But this is called Dancing with Leaves. Trees are casting off their leaves to the wind, floating above my head, masses of red, orange, yellows, some still green. I raise my arms, cast off, and mingle in, twirling until I'm locked in in the centre of the spin. I reach out, but they drift into a place beyond. Now, in a still autumn day, brittle and brown, they are lulled into abeyance around my feet. Winds will rouse them once more and dance them to their final resting place. I set aside the rake, lean against the nearest trunk, my thoughts patching up the ravelled fragments of dreams. So that yeah. is kind of a, that's a poem. One of my my poems called "Dancing with Leaves," and it's kind of <clears throat> I think because of the autumn. And I'm not saying we don't see autumn colours here, but if we get a big storm, then
1: they're gone. They're yeah. gone. Yeah.
8: But they the I saw the opposite. You know, I could see them turning, and I love. I mean, if you're sitting near a lake and you see a leaf here and there drifting, like it's so beautiful. But I could see the the, the corn and the soybeans. They were all stuck star- and. That was, that was another thing. You were driving for miles and as far as the eye could see, it's just the, the you know, soybeans are growing there, corn. But they were starting to turn. And another thing, that there was nothing fenced in. That was something else. Like, we, we're very... Here we, we fence in our, our gardens or yeah. our fields or whatever. Everything was open. Yeah.
1: just but That's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everything
8: was totally open. Any, I, any of the houses now, I didn't see any fences around the gardens or even these acres and acres along the roadside. There was no fence. Mm. There was just... Wide, but it was lovely to see the change slowly happening, yeah. you know, and that's why I think, and I could see pumpkins, There was, you know, if we were out yeah. in the country, people were gathering pumpkins around their yeah. door and they, that's why they make such a big thing of the fall, I think, because it's the season.
1: Yeah, it is, it is, it's a very defined season. Before we finish, um, you mentioned at the start how you were kind of reticent or you were unsure of going and this was your first time to America. And for anyone listening, you know, that has put off travelling because, mm-hmm. oh, it's not for me or I wouldn't bother with it like, it's for everyone, isn't it? And it's maybe it's you should just take that step.
8: Uh, definitely, because look, I think I was thinking, of, oh God, will I be all right on my own? And it wasn't that I was thinking I would I was sick or anything. But if you think about it and if you plan it, you know, I, it was made easy for me now. I had someone to collect me and people, you know, as I say, my daughter and booked and dropped yeah. and the other one dropped me to the airport. But if you think about it and maybe ask yourself, like, what is it that's stopping me? Yeah. You'll find there's nothing. Yeah. Just your own kind of maybe that your self-doubt. But I think... It's a good thing to travel and it's lovely. I'm so glad I went and I experienced, like I say, now I'm not naive. I know that I was privileged and I lived and experienced the very best of what America has to offer yeah. because in the cities, just like our own cities, I saw the homeless yeah. and the queues for food. That's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm very aware like, that I saw the, the very best. But it's something I would encourage I would encourage people to do it you know and um, just think about it and then make a decision and do it
1: yeah well very good i'm glad you came back in in one piece and you <laughs> didn't come back with a twang either it? No, oh God, no, don't. <laughs> that, it sounds like an amazing experience and uh, just finally i suppose you want to thank your relations over there they might tune into this I, because no doubt you you expanded the listenership while you were over there as well yeah,
8: and their yes. podcast but no they really 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 treated me like i mean you know when I keep here I am again with the VIP they couldn't do enough for me they couldn't have made me more welcome they couldn't have done any more for me they were absolute, and I would thank them a thousand times they were absolutely brilliant but we really need to remember about the locals from the uh, Americans in particular because they all have a connection to Ireland. Yeah
1: exactly and we need to I suppose appreciate that more and not take it for granted. Yeah Yeah, yeah. that's what they're here for. Exactly Joe. Bernadette thanks a million Thank Uh, you too Look forward to speaking to you again next month. It was great having you in the studio. Thanks to everyone who contributed to the programme and thanks to you at home for sending in your messages and for tuning in this morning Abigail Bernard was on sound Francis is on the way so keep it here on radio. Kerry Frank-Lewis will be on next Saturday and I'll be back again the Saturday after. Until then, look after yourself and take care.